0: Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins Podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me. But more importantly, I'm thrilled that you found Jesus. As we journey together, we'll unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, please make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, today we're going to be exploring obedience and a little bit more throughout the week as well. So let me just ask you a question right off the bat. When you hear the word obedience or obey, what images come to mind for you? Do you view obedience as restrictive? or do you view it as freeing? Many people feel like they're being controlled by a bridle or a halter similar to what a horse would wear. And you know, these are usually people who've been told that they're headstrong So today we're going to explore what biblical obedience looks like and why as a society we need it. But don't worry if obedience causes you any discomfort. We'll have plenty of reasons to embrace it by the end of this podcast. And first, how is obedience defined in the Vines Expository Dictionary? Well, We see it as the fulfillment of apostolic the Apostle's counsel, if you will, or of God's claims and his commands. Faith is the initial act of obedience, and we are children of obedience. Our obedience is to the truth, and we know that Jesus is the truth. We also must acknowledge Jesus' obedience to his death. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 refers to his delighted experience. In constant obedience to the Father's will. Now this was not suggesting that Jesus learned to obey along the way. No, instead Hebrews 5.8 actually says so even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. So, Jesus' life was not scripted. He freely chose his life and the process was one of continually making the Father's will his own. Jesus chose to obey even though obedience led to suffering and death. And because of Jesus' example of obeying perfectly, even under trials and tribulation, he can help us to obey no matter how difficult obedience appears to be. Obedience also means to persuade or win over. And this is not obedience by submission to authority, but a direct result of persuasion. And this may be where it's been said wrongly. Someone was manipulated when they were persuaded with a truthful argument. Obedience is trusting due to the belief in the object of our truth. In other words, a person's trust and faith in Jesus. This faith is invisible to man. This faith is of the heart. Obedience is of the conduct and may be observed. When we obey God, we're giving the only possible evidence that in our heart we believe in God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, we're told to be careful to obey all the commands that I'm giving to you today. Then we get the promise of living and multiplying and entering in and occupying the land that the Lord swore to give our ancestors. Now, there are six tried and true areas that we can be obedient in. In our heart, will mind body finances and our future and i'm going to unpack each one of these areas now so first we said heart obedience well what does that mean it means that we're obedient to jesus when he's our number one priority we love him more than any relationship activity achievement experience or possession he is first place on the throne of our hearts second our will it's committed exclusively and completely to him of our own volition thirdly is obedience using our mind when we adopt the mind of christ we seek his face not only his hand we're diligent in learning his word and knowing him and our priorities then his principles and values form the foundation or the basis for all that we think and that we do Fourthly would be obedience with using our body by recognizing that our strengths, talents, and sexuality even are given to us by God to be used for pleasure and fulfillment according to His rules, not ours. And then fifth would be our finances. We hear so much about our finances or testing God in the area of tithing. According to Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, we're told, "Try it. Let me prove it to you." We are obedient when we make a decision that all of our resources ultimately come from God. We are managers of these resources and not owners. Recall the parable Jesus tells of the talents in the parable of the king's ten servants. And Jesus expects his followers to be faithful and productive during his absence. We've been given excellent resources to grow and expand God's kingdom. Our talents are to be used to multiply and grow God's kingdom. And Jesus asks that we each account for what we've done with our gifts. We must continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus upon the earth. And if you want to reflect and refer to the story that I was talking about, it comes out of Luke chapter 19 verses 11 through 27. Again, Jesus tells the parable of the king's 10 servants. So we must continue to be the hands and feet, as I said, upon the earth. We must learn to trust Jesus's intentions and his will for our lives. Look introspectively and ask yourself now, am I interested in the welfare of others as much as myself? And then finally, a sixth area that we're obedient in is going to be in our futures. What do I mean by this? I mean by making a decision and drawing a hard line in the sand to make service to God and our neighbor the main purpose of our lives work. Here's where obedience gets interesting. People have told me that they're pastors, and they've told their pastors even, like, I tithe, I'm a good person, but I'm not seeing God's favor in my life. Well these six areas are non-negotiables with God. This isn't a buffet line where we pick and we choose what area that we want to be obedient in. God freely gives us undeserved, unmerited favor, but He does expect our obedience in return. And again, it's built on God's claims, commands, faith, and trust in Jesus. So when we're faithful and obedient, the hand of God, He blesses our work. And this is what king solomon did when he and the workers built the temple for god they carefully and meticulously followed god's instructions all the way down to the finest detail and originally david wanted to build the temple for god but he said no king david was a warrior not a builder however he allowed David to buy the land and gather most of the construction materials together. He also received the building plans from God. Nonetheless, it was to become David's son, King Solomon's responsibility to build the temple. And Solomon's burden was shouldered by his father's exhaustive preparations for the temple. And Solomon hired foreign laborers for the metalwork, although the Israelites were skilled, but they were skilled in agriculture. And this wasn't a sin because God gifts non-Christians too, and he can use these building opportunities for his children to tell others about the one true God. So I hope that you'll stay tuned next, over the next couple days for more on God's obedience later on, and we'll delve into many specific areas in the Bible where we're shown examples And friends, today, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, but you want one, you want to become a child of God, you want to spend eternity in heaven, not elsewhere, I invite you to pray this saving prayer of salvation with me. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And now let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And a benediction that comes from Moses' brother, priest Aaron, is straight out in Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Oh, man, and the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. Much of today's podcast was referencing my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book or simply write to me. If you can't afford a copy, and I'll get a free copy into your hands. If you know anyone else, too, who may be interested, please share this information with them. Until next time, be blessed and remember Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all.